Happy pod time. When's the last time this happened, guys? Never. Only the only the uh the second post-game episode of DeMartin Download. This time it's happy. Michigan State just won. That is why it is happy. Last time it wasn't so much. It was a dagger to the heart after uh a little Michigan W last minute in overtime. Today, different story. We'll get into that. But it's a happy pod. It's it was a wonderful day for for some football. It was a little cold, but you know what? Yeah, I'll Luca take was it. was trapped outside. Me and Adam were in luxury. Yeah, the press box, you know, didn't feel too cold. We got to enjoy the full effects of the game. Best game since the full beat came together. Yeah, you could probably true. even go before that, yeah, honestly, yeah. for being honest. Since I came to Impact, for sure, you had the you had the freshman year experience. Yeah, I mean, happiness feels good. Let's let's get right into it. I mean, MSU beats Wisconsin four one. It was a just about as close to a complete performance as they can get. The only goal they gave up was just a, a mental lapse and a lack in marking on defense. Goals from Ulu Ogunwali, Jack Zuge, Will Perkins, and Louis Sala. And take your pick, because I mean, you could pick from probably either Olu's or Salas of, of which you liked better. Uh, Olu was a cut in from the left. Curl at top corner. Salas was a picture-perfect free kick into the top corner. It was good stuff. And, you know, we had been saying that performances were coming, and it felt like goals were on their way. Today, the performance lined up with the goals, which lined up with the results, and that's how it happened. Yeah, and no playing down to their opponent, which we questioned if that was a thing earlier on in the season, after, especially after Ohio State. They came out on the front foot. Olu came in. His best moment of the season, cut in, great finish, and that just set the tempo for them. Even the way they responded to conceding the goal and going going back to a 1-1, no setback. They went right back on the front foot. Wisconsin kind of calmed down again after they came out of their shell after going down, and Michigan State was never offset. Yeah, just like Adam said, you know, this was a win that was very much needed. Again, Michigan State has been very unlucky in games, conceding late goals. And today they made up for it. They said, hey, we're going to go out there. We're going to score goals. We're going to have fun. And again, it, th- those goals came early. They conceded one goal. You know, like Ian said, it was a slight lapse on the set piece defending. But then again, you come out with three more goals, all brilliant and, and brilliant in the way they were set up and brilliant in the way that the play happened in that time. And for the, the whole 90 minutes, we saw great ball movement. Again, from the midfield out to the wings, back and forth between the defenders and uh, and the attackers. Great ball movement. Uh, very happy with how Damon Rensing set up this team to win. Adam, what were you most impressed with today? Probably the end product, just because we've seen them be able to get into the final third before. But you know, again, for Ogunwale's finish to go, whether the goalie could have dived on it or not, to go perfectly in, to stay on the front foot, get the right place, right time for Jack Zugai getting his first goal, the Kreif turn by more. By Morel to draw the penalty. Yep. No mistake by Perkins stepping up from the spot and maybe the goal of the night in the free kick. Yeah. And even more so, they scored four 
could have been six. Sternberg yeah. and Mercer Grayson, hit the bar. Mercer yes. and Sternberg had their little one, their breakaway opportunities. Sternberg's was saved. Mercer's went off the bar. So just how good the offense was, and on the defensive end too, never looked like conceding. The one goal, even when they came into their own final third again, no real clear cut opportunities, no open men on set pieces after the original one. So all around, just the perfect performance they needed. Luca, you agree? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Wisconsin only got three shots on goal in that entire 90 minutes. You know, it, those those shots came in, what, every 30-so minutes. It was it was really a, a great performance by Michigan State. Again, Wisconsin, also not the greatest opponent. Again, yeah. they, 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 showed, they, yeah, they showed why they are rock bottom. rock bottom in this league. Again, they have, individually, their players are are good but not great again we didn't see one stellar player on that wisconsin team that you said wow you know that's a player that can definitely impact the team and michigan state took advantage of that that there was no one player there that could harm them um it is worth mentioning also though that wisconsin was coming off their best form yeah a, a win and a tie in, in their last two games and their their only points in the season but still definitely i think probably the worst team in the big 10 right now um but still Michigan State came out and, like Adam said, could have been six. Uh, we saw Farai Mutatu come back to the pitch, and I mean, we witnessed you know how much he can change a game, even a game that's already won and already in hand. His his effect when he comes out on the field is very palpable and tangible. Um, I thought Connor George played well today and was unlucky not to get a goal to show for it. Him and Mercer up top actually was not that bad of a combination, and Mercer impressed today more than he had, at least for me, um, so far this season. And I thought throughout the game, Michigan State was just more and more comfortable than we've ever seen them. They felt, I, th- I thought they felt comfortable in possession. They didn't seem hesitant or reluctant to make passes forward and backwards. It seems like they had confidence in just about every decision they made. And... um. It, it turned into goals and it turned into a result, but the question is, Adam, is is can they take that forward or was that just there today because of the level of opponent they were playing? It's definitely there to be taken in the next game against Ohio State. I think Michigan State will favor themselves as potentially the better side in that victory, even with how bad the first match went. And that, it's tough because look, going into the first round of the tourney, no one's going like, to sit back as deep against Michigan State as Wisconsin did and l- allow Michigan State to play on the front foot. But how good they looked doing it was a positive sign. And it's coming off the second half against Michigan where they really should have doubled down on their lead when they were taking over the game and it came back to bite them. So I don't think it's just limited to this game. I think especially I anticipate it. There should be a similar result on Sunday. against, Or not result necessarily, but dynamic of the game on Sunday. And then you're coming off two and a half, three full games of that kind of style. You'll feel good about yourself coming into the tournament. We, we've seen them this season, Luca, play down and up to the level of their perform- opponents. They didn't really do that today. Do you think that's a hump that they have gotten over finally, nine games into this season, or was today maybe just a fluke? No, no, no. I don't think it's a fluke at all. I think they play to the level, uh, Michigan State play to the level that they know that, that they're at. Being able to pass the ball in the way they did, being able to get that type of movement is what they've been showing this entire season, but they've they've shown their errors in those last 10 minutes of the game or maybe even the first 10 
where they're not quite awake, where they've let the game slip away from them in just a couple minutes. And and today they've shown that when they can play the full game, the full 90 minutes with composure, with with really good focus, they can pull off a result even if it, it was slightly easy. Shout out to Isaiah Handspike, the only senior uh, graduating, leaving the program, accepting a job in California. And it was pretty cool the way it ended today for him. He comes on with two minutes left and uh, catches the cross from a corner as time essentially runs out. And that's how his senior day ends with, with a 4-1 win as well. There there are guys, uh, Michael Miller wasn't there today. He wasn't in the lineup. Um, and there was success that was had. And I think it's interesting because I don't think Olu starts if Miller also starts. I think Olu came in and replaced for Miller. And I think that game, maybe, who knows, may go different if Olu doesn't get that goal early on. They also had success when Miller was out um, due to COVID contact tracing or whatever. Is it possible that Miller should be left out of the starting lineup going forward? Maybe the lineup, because I think Ogunwale offers something a lot different than him. He's more dynamic one-on-one player going forward, where Miller does kind of feel like an attacking mid out wide. I wouldn't take him out of the rotation, obviously. I think he'd be better off in those minutes than Connor Brazil was today, and it'd be interesting to see how that dynamic works when Miller's back into the picture. I think it does help. You need your one-on-one players against a team that's going to sit as deep as Wisconsin did. So like played right into the hands of Olu. But on a different team, who knows? We saw how good Miller was defensively against Michigan, and you might not want to lose that in the first round, especially you could be looking at a third game against Michigan in the opening round of the tourney. So probably, I think they should share pretty even minutes. Judging the lineup, it's tough to fully take him out of the lineup still because we know what kind of talent he has. But Ogunwale showed he fully deserves more He's full value for his role that he's been getting in his absence. I'm not exactly sure, just because uh, when Miller played against Michigan before that red card, he plays hard and good minutes, even if he, he creates. The thing is that he gets the ball in the final third. He got, that assi- he got that assist. He crosses the ball. He finds space. He crosses the ball in, and he's not an unproductive player. I think against the bigger teams, yes, he, he's, uh, he's working at their pace, He's working against better teams defending, and it's tougher for him. I think Olu today showed what he can do, obviously. But again, this was a weaker side. He got a he got a very um he got a very he got a very good angle against a weaker defender against him, and he got and he made his chance. But I still think Miller is the go-to guy on that wing spot. Um, let's let me play devil's advocate. This is our segment. Ian plays devil advocate. Um, because I got two more for you. Um, Jacob Cromer came in and was arguably maybe the best player on the park in the second half. The, it's literally impossible to take the ball off the kid um, unless you go 30 yards away and let him pass it because that is the only retraction from his game today is his passing accuracy wasn't great. Um, but his ball forward to Mercer was inch perfect. He, I, I don't think he turned it over uh, in a dribble the entire game. Does he have a shout at starting in this in the starting lineup? Pick where you want to play him, but obviously the, it would make the most sense to play him either over Jack Beck or Jack Zuge. Go Luca. 
I think it's tough to put him over Jack Zuge and Jack Beck simply because those two in midfield work really well against tougher opponents. They played really but well today too. They played they played very well. And but Cromer, when when you put Cromer in, you can see he offers something different to the team. When he gets the ball back, his decision making is really good at times. I think there were two times in this game where he had the ball hold he held on to it for a little bit too long and and he ended up losing the ball or making a pass that wasn't there or quite ready or had to pass it back. But again, I think coming off the bench, he is a phenomenal option, and he's shown today with those long balls and that quick passing in between one-twos with the wingers, how good he is as a central midfielder. Yeah, I don't think there's a reason for him not to get a chance to start. I think it would be good to, if I was to bench one, I think I would make the duo, Jack Zugai and Cromer, let him start the game against Ohio State together, see how that dynamic works. And then you can just... Compare. But but do you want to really experiment in your last game of the season? Yes, because you're in the tournament, and then the tournament's huge. I mean, you, you've you seen the squad play well against those good teams. Some Maybe some something was missing. Maybe Cromer can offer that. Because, I mean, I don't think it's confirmed yet, but I mean, usually looking at the tournament as an automatic spot at the at qualifying I, for the I national believe it tournament. Is. Yeah, it is. So... I mean, any chance you, if you can increase your chances to try and win that, I don't think you should settle going into it. Um, here's your third one. Do we do we think they've that Damon has finally found his core four at the back? More set at the left, Stone Morell through the middle, Perkins on the right because it was it. We saw it. Sharonberg, who usually plays along the back line, kind of Brazil, who usually plays along the back line. They came in at the left and right midfield spots today. And Perkins came out for, what, the last 90 seconds yeah. of the game. And Morissette, Stone, and Morell all played the entire game. Yeah, they're very good for defenders. I think they, they're they a solid rotation to keep in starting start from start to finish, especially against bigger opponents. Again, these are guys who physically are capable to play this game. And... And technically, with the ball, they're all comfortable with the ball. I think Morissette has improved with his comfort with the ball and being able to play out of the back, which I think is huge. He's played more. He's running He's running up and down, making the overlapping runs more. And again, from Will Perkins, we saw again what he can do. He He's a fast guy. He's a physical guy. And with Morell and Stone in the back, two very comfortable players on the ball. And I, like I said, you can't ask more from what those four can give you on the pitch. Yeah, and if there was a spot to be up for grabs, you assumed it would be more set center back playing out wide. But he's adapted to the role. He's filling in he's for in a form great. Too. He's in yeah. form. Stone and Morell together. Look, if for nothing else, Morell has to be up there for his offensive headers, but he's also great at the back too. <laughs> and then Stone, obviously, anchoring that defense. Perkins, the mo- the most offensive of the defense. They're all no, they're solid together, and we we're talking about it on the call. They don't concede, you know, usual like goals yes. from the defense getting broken down. They very rarely get beat by someone being better than them. Yeah, it's a whiffed clearance or a set, set piece, piece, mainly a set yeah. piece, maybe both on the same play. <laughs> so as soon as they take those out, like this defense is in great shape. Form a nice backbone on the team. Um, it seems like the team is coming into form. I have a question for that after, but what do we see happening on Sunday against Ohio State? I think you win. Yeah. You get your revenge for help. Yeah, there needs to be an answer because that first game against Ohio State here in Lansing was not good. 
it was not a good performance, and they need an answer for that game. And I think Damon Rensing has has to prove that his team can play against that Ohio State team. And Ohio State runs a very tight rotation, and we saw it in the last game. They tried pressing for the entirety of the game, and towards the end they got tired. But when you're tired sitting on a 2-0 lead, it's easy to sit back and you know tough out the rest of the match. I don't think they'll be able to get off to a similar 2-0 lead. So especially in the late stages of the game, if it's close, I'd expect Michigan State to be able to take over. Score prediction? Uh, Let's go 3-1. Well, I don't know if they can. 2-0. 2-0. I'll go with the 3-2 State. Ooh, it's exciting. Um, Only game they've won away so far this season is at Penn State. And that was at the death. At the death. 1-0. Tough game to win away from home. <sighs> it is. Especially at the time. Crucial. I'm going to be the party pooper and say 2-0 Ohio State. Nil coming off a four goal game. Yep, interesting. Okay. I would not be surprised at all. Yeah. Um, but I'm just being pissy over here. They've scored what is it five games in a row now? Um, let me check. I'll fact check you. One, two, three, four, four, four. Five, 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 five. Including today was the fifth. Yep. Um, the way they're coming into form and they're putting performances together, and now they're putting performances together with goals and results, is there a chance they make a run in the Big Ted tournament? This... Yeah, well, I think a run, honestly, would be winning your first game. And then if you win the first game, the second one's going to be a lot, an easier matchup. You're Most at, likely. Yeah. If you're in the 1-8, you're looking at the 4-5 or the 3-6 after you take down either Michigan or Indiana. Look, if they get Michigan a third time, it's due. What is it? Six Michigan wins in a row now? Five in a row? They Michigan State hasn't won. It, there's been no, it's, ties it's, in there. It's five yeah. It's five without a win, four losses. They haven't beaten Michigan yeah. since I've been on campus. Yeah. It was a draw, two losses last year, two losses this and year. And that last game should have been a win. Yeah. Especially with how that last game went. I think if they get Michigan, they can win the first round. Yeah. Take it a game at a time. If you get Michigan first, you know, just go ahead and play them the way you did in for those seventy like eighty minutes of that game and just carry on. The tough thing would be like okay, we If you win the two we, seven, you might yeah. get the one seed next. Right? Two seven you play the winner of the three six. They do it bracket wise, it's not lowest, I, highest seed. I assume it's bracket. I can't okay. like fact check you. Uh, I think you're right. I think that's how I remember it being. Uh the the one I'd be most worried about, honestly, is Again, because they showed a, a way to go up on Indiana. They beat Penn State, and they should have been able to beat Michigan. There was nothing to take from that Maryland match. So if they get them in the second round, that's when you're uh, – I think that's the game that would have me the most nervous or the most, like, how are they going to win this one? How are they going to turn it around from Maryland? how the first game was? Yeah, I guess Fry was out. So that helps having him back. Obviously, that's a massive thing. But that was the most helpless I feel like they've looked this season against one of the powerhouses. Yeah, and again, against a team like Maryland who likes to control the possession a lot more than Michigan State, I think they find it difficult and they lose that balance because I think when Michigan State plays against teams that they can keep better possession around like they, like they did against Michigan, like they did for a majority of that game against Indiana, they can do well. But against teams that they struggle to win the ball back, it's tough. How big of a factor do you think playing on the road is? They haven't. They really haven't been able to do much well on the road. I'd say... Indiana was a good performance. They got unlucky, but... It's a factor, but I feel like now that you just have momentum in general, assuming they also win the next game, I think they'll be able to get past... I think the momentum will outweigh the home field advantage. 
Yeah, again, I mean, it, you're not going to have a couple hundred fans screaming at you in any of these games. So the, the idea is to, like Adam said, build momentum, get the win against Ohio State, and move on. Okay. Well, they play Ohio State Sunday at 2 p.m. I know what I'll be doing. As long as they have a stream. Let's hope they have a stream. Should. It's too late in the season not to. Everyone's back at home. It'd be a shame not to have that game. Easter Sunday. It's the only thing. Oh, well, they could take the day off. Who knows? Please don't take the day off, Ohio yeah. State people. Please put it on BTN+. Plus. Uh, MSU women. Tough run of form, really. Tough. Last year was 1-9-1. and one. They're heading towards that right now. They're 1-8-1. and one. Lost today, 2-1 to Indiana. Goal came from Klusterman. And uh, Sunday, they were on BTN, Big Ten Network, uh, but they lost to Illinois, 2-1. Goal came from Giovanna Labovich. I was actually in attendance for that game, and I got to sit down and watch 90 minutes of this team. Um, but before I diagnose what I think is wrong with it, Luca, I want to hear your thoughts. Yeah, again, this is a team where I think experimentation has gone wrong, or it's the, or it's that, or the starting the essential lineup is just not working. Again, with this women's team, they haven't won a game since Nebraska, which was back in February twenty fifth. You know, it's tough. I remember that game against Minnesota in the first of March. It was a very tough game. They, they, they just didn't seem that they could win. But even though they played well. They couldn't get the goals. Goals have been a problem for this team. Yep. They they can't score more than two goals in a game other than Nebraska. And Michigan, but then they and, got yeah, and Michigan. Yeah, seven and three. seven three. Doesn't matter if you score three goals if you go up seven. Yeah, exactly. Um and then the rest of the games look like they have been close, but there's just no edge forward in that team, and that's what really con- concerns me the most. Interesting too, Paige Weber and Bria Scrotenbor are no longer with the team, and that is all I know. Or could try to we we never we can never confirm because uh, simply we don't know what's going on. But there could be more reasons than just down to just soccer. You know, it, you, you could have a problem with Tom Saxon, or this could be simply a problem with mental health or school Personal work, thing, or, or yeah. schoolwork. Yeah, it could be it, it could be a number of things that we simply cannot confirm. Well, so here's what I saw against Illinois on Sunday was it this team seems to be bereft of ideas going forward. And it's, it, I feel like, obviously this is not what is said, but it seems like they just send Cameron Evans out there up top and say, go, go make problems and we'll try to get the ball to you. And that's tough because there are so many creative players in that team that can, it's more than, they have Bella Jazai and Cameron Evans, two, two very creative players. Then you have Gio Wahlberg and then you have Paige Weber. With those four, essentially, you create. They create so much, and also as well finish. So it just it baffles me that just so much is going wrong. Gia Wahlberg looked really good in the 2019 season when she scored what nine goals in seven games or yeah, something nine like goals. that. And I feel like teams can key in on her now, shut her down, because if she gets double teamed. She's talented, but there's not much she can do against double team. No, 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 and one uh, and one player cannot carry the, a whole team in the Big Ten. Yeah, um, I was also very surprised to see Danielle Steffen coming off the bench. I feel like she is one of their best players in utilizing her in that sense. Yeah, I, it, I'm not sure I agree with she, it. it. No, um, yeah, I'm not. I don't agree with it either because she, at the beginning of the season, essentially she was very huge, assisting, scoring against Nebraska. I believe she had a, a goal or two. Or at least got the both of the, both the assists, yeah, two assists in that game. 
So you see how well she is moving forward, coming off the bench. I don't know what where the questions, where the where the connection is between her and Tom Saxton. Um, defensively, they don't look that bad. They they really don't, and they're they're in these games at the end of the day. Um, they're not losing by crazy margins, albeit Michigan. Um, but the the goal was a girl who was taller than everyone else on the field gets her head on it, puts it in the back of that. The second one was uh, simply good skill. Left wing gets to the byline, cuts it back to the striker in the middle with no one around her, and and that's how they lose, which is unfortunate too because they didn't play that bad against Illinois. And they, they never, played pretty And they really well. never do. They really never do play that bad. You don't look at this team and say, oh, my God, you know, what's going on here? It's not. I think they just have a... Uh, they just have a coll- mental collapse at times, and what what happens is is that, like you said, the, their defense is really good. Uh, individually, you pick out their defense, and they're really good. I think just when the pressure comes on and and you start throwing more players forward, there's just not enough support of a supporting cast between the rest of the team to help out. They finished their season against Ohio State as well. That one for them is at home on Saturday at 1 p.m. Do you have a prediction for that one? Um, to see how a uh, one goal loss it would not be very bold, just so you know. <laughs> it would not be very bold because that's or even a two one loss because that's how things have been. But um, Ohio Ohio State women's soccer is on a three game win streak, so I see it very difficult to come out of a win even here at home. Yep, trying to do better than one nine and one as they were last year. They're one eight and one right now, attempting to get that last win. Of the season in the last game, um, Adam, you want to go Dortmund or we, we want to go international break first? Go international. Scotland is the best team in the world, pretty much. <laughs> is is my takeaways from this international break? John McGinn for Ballon d'Or. I was thinking beat the Faroe that. Islands four nil. Drew with Austria. Key, drew drew yeah. with Israel. Kiantini, best uh, outside back in the world. Yep. Three, yep. three assists much. today. Yeah, better than better than Rabo. <laughs> better than Rabo. <laughs> His own teammate. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, Scotland looks really great, but let's go. Germany. Germany. North Ooh. Macedonia. What happened today? I don't know. Timo. Nah, that just. Timo can't score. Timo. Is Joachim Love counting the days till he goes and sets off to wherever he'd like to? So, no, that's a poor result. They ran the same lineup four games. Well, the same front six. Adam will first. tell you it's because Royce isn't in the team. Oh, I mean, hey, Royce is on the end of that chance. It's 2 1 late in the game. Done deal. And we know how well Royce, Sané, and Gnabry can work together. Havertz did a good job filling the role for the first two games. Obviously, this game overlapped with Michigan State, so I wasn't able to watch. But, I mean, I think it's more fluke than sign. Obviously, ever since 2018 World Cup, no one really likes to praise Germany and only notices when they lose. So, this is going to be in the media for a second. It's a bad look. I think they should be fine. Yeah. Just somehow Germany always comes out of it. Just I mean they don't lose qualifiers in general like we just read before this mm-hmm. first loss since 2001 in a World Cup qualifier. 35 game streak. 35 games. Again, they'll bounce back. I just I can always take a silver lining in a Germany loss when Royce isn't in the squad for the next international <laughs> break when he's healthy. So just every time Lowe gets reminded the team isn't perfect without him is a good sign. We move. We move. We move. We move. Luca, who else were you watching? Uh, did you guys see that Portugal game where Ronaldo got Luxembourg? that goal? Yeah. Oh, no, no, the no, Serbia no, the, one. The bo- yeah, the before. The Serbia one where yeah, Ronaldo got that goal canceled baby. even though. Cry baby. 
I don't know, man. The defender had to reach in all the way inside no, that goal. goal. It was in. So why isn't there goal line technology in qualifiers? Well, why it, it's in the world? It's gonna be in the World Cup. Why isn't it in the qualifiers? Yeah. And it's Serbia too. It's not like. Is that why isn't VAR? Why isn't VAR a standard now? I mean, for I, all I, for I, all I, professional I, football. If you want to lose VAR on the qualifiers, sure. But I mean, goal line technology. What seven years in should basically just be basic technology. I don't know how that's not a given. I wasn't feeling all the news that Ronaldo overreacted to it. Oh, God. I don't think. Like, I mean, I don't think it was an overreaction. I, I think it's. Uh, he I think stormed off the pitch before the game was over and threw his captain's arm. Well, uh, the there three was, three no, seconds no, left to they go. Blew the, was, they blew the whistle on the clearance. Yeah, it was. It, the, the they had three minutes of extra time. Ronaldo walked off at like ninety three twenty. No, it was the ninety second, fifty fifth second of ninety three minutes, and you saw Serbia. One of the defenders, I think, dropped to their knees when they cleared the ball because I think he heard the whistle. Maybe it was to book him, not a final whistle, but look, I, that, that was a last-second game winner. He got robbed. I don't. Th- I don't think it was an overreaction. He was robbed. Also, the angle of the clearance just. There's no excuse for neither of the two refs nearby to call it. God no. Neither and, of them had a good angle to it, though. The assistant wasn't on the line. Yeah, which might just make it look even worse on their part, I guess. Yeah, but, which makes the officiating. But the thing all is, you need you need VAR or goal line technology or both. Yeah, you can't go old school on qualifiers yeah. in it sh- 2021. It shows why no we have it shows why we have this technology. Yes. So but, these so these injustices don't happen in games. And it's crazy how every time Ronaldo does something, some no name Portugal player no one's ever heard of comes out trying to criticize him. Who was it? Who was it this time? Yeah, I, I guess I really can't tell you. I don't remember the name, but it just it's clockwork every single time and. That's a never-ending like, story with Ronaldo and Portugal. It's like those United people that like to get on Pogba every time they do something. Graham Sunis? <laughs> Might as well be a United person from how much he talks about uh, him. What about across the Atlantic Ocean going over to the United States? Oh, what happened here, boys? We're not we're not going to the Olympics. So it's easy to get negative on it, So, and I'm sure Ian will. The way I see it, I'd rather have this. If you this. say it's like a blessing in disguise, it's not. No, no, bl- not. blessing in disguise would be a sh- garbage. But I'd rather have this than America prioritizing the Olympics and keeping all the players eligible for it within the roster. Like keeping Reyna with the Olympic team instead of the first team desk, you know, same thing. Yeah, but even then, we're, so, we keep praising the way that the U.S. soccer development is working well in the United States, yet these developmental players are not producing against other players. Look at this. In Mexico and, it's not like and they're Honduras, not good either. they're playing they're playing against teams that their players are at their level. These guys coming out of USDA of developmental academies. You know, these Honduras and Mexican players are not coming out from just solely Mexican teams. Yeah. And it might it might speak a little to like the two different systems within the country now. Whenever there's a young talent MLS, like you know, get out of there as quick as possible for their own <laughs> self for their own self development, and that's still a good philosophy. I'd Ray rather have Gio Reyna, you know, at Dortmund yep. than Seattle Sounders. Mexico, it's a little tougher to get out of there, and you see a, I mean, they're you well because they're a better league, and you don't necessarily want to leave there. Yeah, being a better league helps, but I feel like they also just it's tougher for them to leave. I feel like they love over, overpricing to drive away competitors on their young talent. And when America's sending all the people forward, I know a lot of the media is kind of trying to compare the systems and thinking America's was better off. But you see how it's working out for the youth teams. And one, it might speak to how much more talent Mexico has. 
than America. It's just America kind of has a lot of the shining. It's not. It's not even Mexico. It's Honduras. Oh, uh, Honduras beating them. But I was comparing them to Mexico. It's Still like going undefeated. You can't even compare Mexico. And... If you're if you're losing <laughs> the teams worse than them. Yeah. No. So. The, the, it's the, always a reality check. America's youth talent is enough for a starting eleven, not a starting eleven bench youth team. Yep. They're not that far. I f- in the phases of development, I feel like they have a bunch of young stars that make it look like they're well ahead of schedule. But like beyond them, I don't think there's like a full crop of young talent. Well, you see the goal that lost it for him too. Yeah, that was horrible. I like, like, wait, 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 what happened also, to the keeper? I mean, you can't find that. Just can't happen at any level. Also, the miss kick at two one when he could have scored. I forgot who shot it. Can't but, remember either. Oh my god, that's just no. very disappointing. Third, third in a row, right? Yeah, fourth and five. Yeah, and then Honduras sealed the qualification for after that after that victory. And then they they, they took Mexico to extra time, lost, but took them extra time. So they're clearly better than us. I think uh, I heard um, Taylor Twellman. Did you hear his rant? What are we doing? <laughs> what, what are we, are doing? we doing? I think it's simply pure what arrogance out of the players. I mean, I think do they just expect that they're just going to win these games? No, the kids. Uh, I don't know about Game, that. I, I mean, do they just think they're coming out thinking that they they're playing in a better system and just automatically think they're going to win? No, I don't think so. I don't know, man. No, you you can't have that arrogance when you missed the think, last two Olympics. I don't think this is. Maybe you can put it on the kids, but not. Arrogance of the kids. Arrogance even, of the system. How can you be arrogant if the country doesn't even know your name? I I couldn't name three of the guys on the team. Yeah, if no. you're on the Olympic team, I don't think you're. You know, it's not really boosting your ego. No. Yeah. Uh, being you know, Pulisic, Reina, and Des play together on the first team, and you're with the Olympic team. It's not that, quite that is a, not going to the Olympics. Yeah. Yeah. yeah <laughs> the, the former Olympic team. I don't. I don't think it's that. I, I can't tell you what it is, but I don't think it's that. That's my opinion. And they just need to turn over coaching fully. It's like a nice branch to who? of foreigners. Preferably all from the same country. Let them establish the same culture. Jose. Jose. <laughs> Jose <laughs> runs them. Jose at the helm of America. Not just. Why not, don't we have not just Zlatan first... retire and then he can do it? Yeah. Zlatan head coach or president? Zlatan, yeah, Zlatan. <laughs> president Hello, of the America. U.S. Soccer Welcome Federation. Welcome to Zlatan. I was going to say give Mourinho both titles. President of opera- all operations and... Men's what about Arsene Wenger? First. He's jobless right now. Yeah, I'll take Wenger. Oh, He's... he would revolutionize America. He would. I mean, you saw how quickly it took Tata Martino to turn Atlanta United. I was about to say Atalanta. <laughs> Atlanta United into the best team in the league by far. And yeah. then Frank DeBoer drives it to the ground. Yeah, well, DeBoer's the worst manager in the world by and far. That, that's so. actually good. <laughs> that's a good transition into what the Netherlands are doing. Yeah. Hey, They're not very good. Coaching's not very good. Frank the DeBoer's... talent they have. I don't know yeah. why Frank DeBoer is still employed by anyone. He's every games, every team every team he's coached has losses, done pathetic. No goals. The Ronald Koeman fell upwards by going from Netherlands to Barca, so Netherlands honored that by signing the Boer. The yep. Boer fell upwards again. Legendary press conference by Mourinho can never love it. Even if the Boer turned into a good manager, that would still weigh on him. Yeah. Seven games, seven losses, no goals. And that all circles back to Adam's question about if you had a year to score in the Prem, would you be able to? <laughs> Not if you're playing for yeah, Frank DeBoer. <laughs> Frank DeBoer, you can't even last three games. Jesus. Sergio Aguero, 
leaving City at the end of the year? Where do you think he's going? Um, best bet is probably Barcelona. Barca. I'd be surprised if he didn't go there. Team with Messi. If Messi goes to PSG, Aguero follows there too. You think? Play 15 minutes. I think he'll go to Messi. I don't think he'd still go to Barca if Messi left. So is he going to Barca or is he going to Messi? Well, I think Messi's staying at Barca. So Barca. Well, but, but I'm saying he's following it, Messi. He not, goes wherever Messi goes. Yeah, not he's he's not trying to you know play for the red and blue of Catalonia. He's trying to play with Messi. I I definitely agree with that. I think Aguero is going to go. Look, you know, he's still relatively not old. So at this point, just go play for a year or two wherever you'd like and see what you can win. I mean, I was surprised. You know, remember Aguero a couple years ago said he wasn't going to leave City till they win the Champions League. I was thinking about that the other day. Or if they just win it. They, they just win it. Maybe he knows. Maybe yeah. They know, he knows. Is that a premonition? Um, Other big news is Lua is out for both PSG legs. Yeah, big loss. Killer. Yeah, man. And I don't want to say even bigger because, I mean, the Champions League is obviously the most important title. But Gerd Muller's 40-goal season record has been standing forever, I think. And now Lowy needs six goals in what he originally had eight games. And I'll probably come back with three to get six goals. Oof. Honestly, wouldn't be surprised if he got a hat trick first game back just to set the tone on getting it back. He but could do it. That's killer for him to lose that. Yeah, four weeks out is not easy. Yeah. You know, even if it was like a two week where he'd miss only the just the first leg, but he's gonna miss both. No, this and this is huge for PSG. Like they can't mess this opportunity up. It's in one way, yeah. I don't want to word this wrongly, because obviously as much as I don't like Bayern, I love Lewandowski. Oh, Chupa Moting comes it's almost, in, scores a hat trick. It's almost a reward for PSG. They were able to beat Barca without Neymar, and now in reward they get to face Bayern without their best player. <laughs> Not fair. Yeah. You get so. But if, if how big of an effect do you think it'll have on the tie? Huge, because yeah. it's one of two things is going to happen. They're going to play Gnabry down the middle, and you lose his dynamic style of play and efficiency out wide, or you fill someone else in. Look, if Muller plays up top, you might as well play with But you still men. have uh, Leroy Sané <laughs> and Kingsley Coleman out wide. See, Sané's great. Coleman's not. So I don't... I, I like, but Coleman knows how to play in the Champions League. You know, he knew how to play against Cajet at left back, but <laughs> it's not like he's a great Champions League player. I don't think we should uh, buy too much into the final. If that matchup's going to happen again, maybe Coleman could have success, but... No, it's a huge hit. Muller, again. Muller, I remember him playing down the middle 26. 20- 17 against Madrid because Lewandowski was suspended. Useless. And it also just take him out of midfield. I feel like more likely... I feel like they might play a fourth midfielder and Gnabry and Sané might just play a more inverted role similar to their Germany roles instead of their Bayern winger spots instead of adding a third player and having to shuffle the front line around. It will be interesting to see how Hansi Flick... uh see sees this through and how he adapts but like you're using lowey being in the right place at the right time his hold the plate and his press so just everything at the back is going to get easier for psg adam would you like to partake in your your dortmund spiel for the week bad sancho news yeah no devastating news Jaden sancho out of the first leg against manchester city it's not even probable or questionable for the second leg it's just it's a possibility so we'll wait I'm trying to take a silver lining just because I have to. Thorgan's probably a more def- – whoever plays between Thorgan or Brandt, Thorgan's more defensive, defensive, and you're going to need that at the Etihad. They're probably going to sit deep. It didn't look too bad against Sevilla in the second leg when Dortmund knew Sevilla was going to be coming at them the whole time. Thorgan's high work rate was worked out pretty nice for that. 
if Brant gets to start, I'm always optimistic about Brant's upside. He's obviously a pretty inconsistent player, but I'll never be disappointed to see him in the lineup. Roy should be back. Rafael Guerrero's back, which is massive. Honestly, just as big as the Sancho news, just getting that extra number forward. More Mateo Mori could be back. That's another huge one because the drop-off from Mori to Munez might be the biggest one on the team, besides, second to Holland. So I'm, I'm still hopeful. I think they can get a decent... Man, it's a stressful <laughs> game. They can get a good result. Not even Adam believes it. The thing is, a good result might be losing 2-1, and then you just put it all on, all on you for the home leg. But I think they should be... Oh, man, I'm just... The biggest thing that worries me is just it's Pep Guardiola against Edin Terzic. Inter-manager, tactical psychopath. It's a bad <laughs> matchup for Dortmund. But at this point, I'm just excited. I... I've over I've simulated this in my head multiple times. Like I don't even know which take the take which yeah. take to say because I've imagined it going so many different ways by now. You know, worst thing that happens, you just play the same game on FIFA and you, you end up winning, you know, six nil. Hey, maybe yeah. somehow sit, catch him on the counter late in the game, somehow take a one nil win. I don't know. Mahmoud Dahoud another long shot like he had against Sevilla in the first leg when things are looking up against it. You think they go through Luca? Or dormant? Ah, I don't give them the chance. I think City pulls through. Damn. Can't blame you. That's killer. Hate to say it, but I think. Might be the second year in a row that we lose the uh, City-Bayern semifinal. This year would be, uh, I'm assuming PSG has to take it now. So no. Oil money semi. He's, okay, I realize Lua is big, but like, Bayern is deep. Not backup striker. And... I mean, I already thought it was. I was favoring Bayern until the injury, but I also just think like the. Pochettino, Are Neymar Mab- and Mbappe magic. both gonna be fully healthy? I mean, no reason Mbappe shouldn't be, yeah. and uh, Neymar has had enough time by now because Neymar was question. Yeah, Neymar was quite was listed was as questionable. Questionable for, for the second leg against Barca. Obviously, didn't make it back in time. But I'm not he, sure if and he, he already had his sister's birthday. You give him another yeah. four weeks, he should be good. I mean, I think this is like. A, this will be a big confidence booster. For, not confidence booster. It's a it's a momentum boost for PSG. You hear the other team's best players out. Like you're, oh, this is our wow. game for the taking. Yeah, you have to take advantage of that. But gotta run something by you. I hinted at the idea last time. I told you there's conspiracy theories about Newcastle getting relegated. What it was was obviously the Premier League screwed over to Newcastle and Mike Ashley. When you guys are trying to sell the team and get have the financial takeover happen. <laughs> so then what they were saying was regulations for that kind of takeover in the championship would be a lot less <laughs> regulated than in the Premier League. So maybe he's not tanking it on purpose, but, you know, maybe Steve Bruce staying another few months wouldn't hurt Mike Ashley's uh, case to sell the no. team too Yeah, badly. would this be the first time we see, like, a, a tank in the Premier League, like, in a while? Just a tank from the manager. Yeah, like not a, the manager, the owner. Yeah, the no owner. A owner strength, straight tank job like we see in the NBA to go draft the number one. If we go down, we go down. <laughs> Your thoughts? I don't know. Is it too much 4D chess for Mike Ashley to pull? Yes. <laughs> He's not that smart. Neither is Steve Bruce. Oh, Steve Bruce is just doing his own managerial yeah, yeah. thing. Steve Bruce is just the puppet on the side. It's no. don't fire there's, Steve Bruce because you want to lose and don't tell him no the plan. Way. Well, Mike Ashley doesn't even have enough. Like, what, what strings can he pull to do that? Keep Steve Bruce in the job. That's it. <laughs> That's No, that is the tanking. Nothing else. Not telling him play a bad lineup. It's just 
Just yeah, this guy sucks. Let's keep well, him. Well, you don't have to tell him. It's like this guy's not going to win even Steve if Bruce. he wants yeah. to. Okay, that's actually kind of possible. He's canceled training for the sixth time this week. Who cares? Yeah. I... yeah he's playing Miguel Almiron as striker. Anything goes at this club. That's true. Anything goes. I got. I have very few words to say on Newcastle. Yeah, no, not much. I mean... We last pod was during an international break. We haven't gone back to the club, so yeah, it's a light week. Yeah, relegation picture still looking the same. We had, had a relegation scrap in DeMartin today, pretty much. Oh, Not man. relegation, but bottom you know, of the table scrap. Qualification. I didn't. Yep. I mean, they take out the play, and that's a huge just news. It is ticket punched. Yeah, this was not a no- nothing game. Dancing. Everything to play for. Dancing. Any last thoughts, gentlemen? Nothing. We're good here. Yeah. Keep it under 45 minutes today. Wow. Look at us. Short pod. We got the hockey guys coming in after us. Yep. Got Got a skedaddle. Well, there's your your happy pod. It's been a while. Uh, Second ever post-game episode. Happy pod. Hope you enjoyed. Thanks for listening along. And we hope that uh, you found this episode to be in the great words of Ray Hudson. Magisterial. Join us next time.